This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, and a very good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. And in today's special Monday Daily Dose podcast, we are talking about this important issue of women's safety, which is a growing concern in South Asia. And this episode is in collaboration with Opportunities Australia, Opportunities Australia, which is providing special mentorship programs to all the people who are you know, either unemployed or don't have enough opportunities. And joining us today, along with George, is the founder of Opportunities Australia, Kumar Arjha, to talk about this important issue of women's safety. Now, just sharing these key numbers with you before we start, we have this global gender gap report of 2021, which shows you the amount of gender gap you have between males and females in different countries. And it gives you the report of 156 countries, out of which the South Asian countries are ranking in the worst possible ranking you can see. So India ranks 140, Pakistan ranks 153, Bangladesh is doing a good job by uh, ranking 65, Afghanistan ranks at the bottom with 156. And this really tells you the entire story of how women's safety is a growing concern in that particular region. So firstly, I would like to welcome Kumar to today's podcast and would love to know your initial comments on this, Kumar. Thank you, Saurabh. Um, what else to say that, uh, but, you know, but to say that um, I do understand, I do acknowledge um, the mess that has been created around the world and especially around the Indian subcontinental countries. So um, it's the traditional culture that we have been following in those countries. And, um, you know, rightly so, you talk about Afghanistan. Uh, we all know what happens there. Um, you know, there is there's a, almost next to them is the women's rights in there, in those countries. So, yeah, I mean, th- time for things to change. Um, just, the way, just the way Taliban has been treating women, um, you know, versus how those Afghani people get to wear clothes and, you know, get to interact out in, um, in developed countries, you know, there is, I mean, there's no comparison whatsoever, you know, people wearing hijab and all and, and versus, you know, when, when they interact out here, you know, there's no hijab and, you know, the, the clothing are beautiful. So not even just, you know, pure black stuff. So, I mean, it's a sad thing. Um, and yeah, um, look forward to talking in detail. Yep. And if you look at, you know, what happened in back in 2012 in Delhi, we all know about the Nirbhaya incident in which the woman was tortured in the middle of the road and nobody did anything. You know, the public kept on watching what was happening. And the same has happened one year back and even this year in India, also in Pakistan, we heard about the same kind of things happening in Islamabad. So what's really happening, George? Is there something wrong with the mindset? Or what do you think should be improved here? Because it has been going on for years and years with different kind of legislations coming into the picture. But still, we don't see these cases 
coming down anytime sooner? I think, sadly, you can't legislate culture and belief. In this country, Australia, the land of the free, and America, the land of the free, and equal rights, and blah, blah, blah. It's only in the last few years. Within the last few years, there was a police commissioner or a police authority in Victoria when talking about uh, a woman being raped who said that women need to know they can't go out on their own of a night and they have to think about being dressed. That's a horrendous statement. What, what he should have said is men have got to understand that just because a woman's on her own, she should be respected. No matter how you're dressed, you should be respected. And so what you've got in the, 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 a lot of the Asian cultures is that um, the woman still has not been elevated to an equal position. Um, and there's a lot of talk about it, and there, are, there, there is movement. There is movement. But just like we in Australia or America or England or whatever, there, there was a movement and there's still a lot of work to be done. I think you can have all sorts of things um, ruled in, in any country, in Asia, Middle East, wherever you want to talk about. But if the, if the society doesn't really get a hold of it and, and men don't start to understand that we are the problem, I'm not saying necessarily Kamar or you or me, but men universally have to ex understand that it is men that are the problem that's causing. You don't hear very many women going out and attacking men. You don't hear very many women going out and attacking women. It's so it's got to come from the male side of it, and they've got to, we've got to start to get this understanding. That what you've grown up with is not right. Um, if you remember, you and I were talking at the fall of the uh, uh, Afghanistan government and the Taliban, and I said to you, we'll know within a month how, how, what's going to happen there. We've already seen it. You know, oh, it's going to be different this time, except it's not. And, and it was only, what was it, last week we were talking about the, the TV interview where one of the leaders of the Taliban said, oh, well, we will respect them, but you've got to go back to Islam. And, and so, uh, no, they can't be doing all of those things. They shouldn't be here. Oh, that was... Yeah, absolutely true, you know. Um, and I was also listening to one Taliban spokesman. And if I just quote him directly, you will understand the kind of mentality these people have in these countries. So I'm not generalizing it for the entire region, but specifically for Afghanistan and the kind of power or the government, the new government which has formed, if you tell you the mindset of that, that Taliban said, a woman can't be a minister. It is like you put something on her neck that she can't carry. It is not necessary for a woman to be in the cabinet. They should just give birth and women protesters can't represent all women in Afghanistan. Now, this statement just tells you that the kind of stereotyping that you have already created for women. When you start saying that women are just created to giving births and they're just uh, there for, you know, tasks which are related to your house and, you, you know, they cannot represent the entire woman. They cannot lead the country. I think that's kind of a backward thinking which we are going towards 
1996 Taliban, which we were talking about. Isn't it, Kumar? Absolutely. Absolutely. The thinking is just too backward and too inhumane. And, uh, you know, I mean, big time for a change here. Um, you know, the world has moved. But, you know, you, you cannot expect humanity out of inhumane people. Um, they, they do not understand all that. So, I mean, the only way was, you know, America policing, you know, the country and, you know, keeping the people safe. Um, if the rest of the world could have taken, you know, more people. But, you know, uh, not many people want to leave the country. You know, this is where they grew up and this is where the roots are, you know, all the culture. If they come to the, you know, the likes of, say, Australia, America, etc., they will have to learn other language and culture, you know. I mean, so that means that they will have to leave, quit uh, the culture that they grew up with. You know, mm. they, they might be following a little bit of that, but, you know, I mean, they will have to speak English. And, you know, what if they are starting later in their life and then they might not be speaking English, um, you know, up until the age of 40 or so. And it, it would become very difficult. So, you know, they would be, they would neither belong to Afghanistan nor they would belong to Australia, you know, like in some ways. So it's a painful situation. And speaking yeah. of that, you know, we have been interacting with some of the people who have arrived in Australia. And actually, on that note, we are also gearing up towards teaching them English um, and, and trying to you know, get them some jobs as well. So, yeah, we are working on that. Um, just prepared our team for English um, this weekend. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a very painful situation. Um, you know, the, the whole system has to change. I mean, Afghanistan is, is an exceptional country, not just the way it's run. Um, no one could touch that pretty much. Um, if America has quit, you know, who else is going to touch Afghanistan? No one. Mm. Um, but besides that, we could talk about countries like, say, India, I mean, maybe Pakistan, Bangladesh, you know, where um, things could be a bit better. You know, India is the biggest democracy. Um, things have been progressing. I mean, gone are the days when women didn't have any rights women were just born to say you know black sort of was saying to produce babies look after them and that was pretty much it women were ne women were never considered to be you know like uh, working you know could become a doctor or an engineer like you know that was never mm -hmm. heard of um so now you know women can do i mean you know women can go to space women can become doctors and engineers and scientists i mean this is this is amazing so just the way they are going, you know, like, I mean, they have to keep on motivating one another um, and perhaps push things towards the government as well. Um, you know, women have to be more motivated, go towards, you know, the main jobs, like, you know, the C-level jobs, you know, try for um, some of the, you know, some of the high roles out there, biggest um, multinational companies, and then after go to the parliament, you know, that's the big job, that's the highest job for me. Um, is, you know, go to the parliament, revive, um, you know, all the rules which are existing, you know, the old rules, you know, you've got to change that. And when you're going to clean things up from top, that's when you see the change. So, you know, I, I would love for Indian women. And, you know, on that note, we have Indian women. I have been away from India for a long time. And, you know, I, I haven't been keeping tab of, you know, like what is happening very much out there in India. But, you know, I know that, you know, there aren't enough MPs out there in comparison to the men, um, you know, the, the male MPs. So, you know, still India and subcontinent will have um, a long way to go. Um, but as long as people are united, 
um, and people are motivated, I think they're going to go a long way, women. And, you know, very less. The participation is still around 20% or even less than that in the parliament. Uh, I don't have the exact figures, but I have been listening to these figures coming in the last couple of years that it has been very less in comparison to that. If you just look at the number of complaints which are still coming, every year it still says that in India alone, there has been a 46% rise in complaints regarding crimes against women. And violence is something which is still reported. And one in three women, they don't feel safe in, in top metropolitans. If, if you talk about you know top metropolitans in India, and I guess same will be the situation in Pakistan and other South Asian countries as well. In fact, some of the uh, children are now also being taught about good touch and bad touch. What's the importance of that? Because we saw a rise in cases against small children. You know How inhuman people can be? This is the best example for you. If a four-year-old girl or a five-year-old girl is being tortured, that is something which is highly inhuman and which should be really looked at carefully, isn't it, George? Yeah, I, I just want to make a, a point to you. Um, you're saying that the complaints have risen by 40 or something percent. In, in, in some ways, this is actually a good sign, not a bad sign. And, and the reason I say that to you is that it doesn't necessarily mean that the incidence has increased to that degree. What it means is that women are now prepared to speak out. And I'll give you an example. There's been a dramatic increase in the number of complaints about sex trafficking and, and underage behaviour, um, sorry, um, inappropriate behaviour to, towards underage people and inappropriate behaviour towards movie women that are in the movies, that, that has dramatically increased in the last two years. Harvey Weinberg, for one. Um, Prince Andrew's got a few questions to answer at the other. Now, it's not that the incidence has increased, but finally we're starting to get women game enough and seeing enough support that they're prepared to complain about it more. So when, when I was a child, um, or even, even in my 20s, right, we, di we didn't talk about these things. Ooh, we, we don't, you know, you can't go and report it. In, in India, I've, I've, I've spoken to some um, female uni students over the, over the last couple of years, and they're saying, your, your family would say to you, you can't report that, you will bring shame on the family. Now we're at least getting that shift, Kumar, where, where women are being supported to make that. So... So when I say that it, it could be a good sign, not a bad sign, I'm not condoning it. Don't, don't anybody get me wrong. What I'm saying is in Australia, the number of rapes that are being reported now compared to what they used to be is a much higher level. It doesn't necessarily mean that the number of rapes have gone up. It means that women are being, being given the voice and we're actually doing something about it. So in that to start, and the other side of it is society and, and government and authority has to make women feel that if they do go through this harassment, this embarrassment, this whatever it is that they feel that they're going to go through 
by reporting that it's actually worthwhile. And so the more that we can support women and encourage women, like the look at the Me Too unit, you, uh, movement, Kamar. It started in America with one or two people making a complaint and then somebody said, me too, me too, me too. And it just went global. You know, it just it started popping up all over the place, which was great. Now, those incidences, Sarab, they didn't happen this year. The ladies, were, ladies and women started to feel like I can actually say something now. And that, that's a good thing to me. Even the thing is now men are supporting them, you know, like yes. men used to be just, you know, thinking about men, maybe like, I, I mean, it's, it's a general statement I'm making, but, you know, like, why did women get so uh, powerless, right? There must be, there must be reasons for that, you know, and why are yeah. all the males, you know, out there who are MPs and who are the CEOs and all, and why didn't women get there, you know? So, yeah. so of course, the reason that you know it was male-dominated society, different countries, etc. So now male are supporting that because enough is enough. So you know, I mean, like people like yourselves, you know, you're supporting, you're vouching for them, and you know, this is what's making women stronger. And now yeah. women can become prime ministers of different countries. Look at Jacinta Ardern or Sana Mirza, etc. You know, I mean, they are fantastic leaders. I mean, there beat several men out there in the world, you know. Um, yep. Anytime, anytime Jacinta Ardern, you know, gives a live speech, I mean, like a certain people say, you know, bravo, you know, we love you. We love you for who you are. We love you for what you do. So yep. um, it's amazing, you know. Um, women are as good as men. So, I mean, finally that men are opening up and men are, you know, opening doors and, you know, endorsing them, etc., and things are getting normalized. So, you know, that's what I would say, like, you know, keep doing what we are doing and um, more and more women leaders will arise and, you know, more and more women will feel empowered so they can open up to any um, any bullying or, you know, any, any issues. And besides that, they could run for, you know, um, offices like, you know, I mean, you know, just state election to, to any other. I mean, yeah, it's time to support them. Yeah. In fact, I was listening to Jacinda a few days back when she was saying that some of the men uh, or the male leaders always question that strong leadership cannot be complemented with uh, empathy and compassion, which she has shown in the last four years. Her main value proposition has been that she has shown how empathetic and compassionate you can be as a leader of a country, but still take those strong decisions if you have to take them. And that is how she has different from others. But what really, really is of my concern is that in these countries, the, the South Asian countries, some of them, including India, they have done incredibly well after they got independent in 1927. India has, in fact, gone to Mars. India has gone to Moon. India has done so well in technology, you know, in the world of technology. We see some of those CEOs sitting at the top companies, including Sundar Pichai, and all those global CEOs are Indians. Um, you know, they are doing that, that incredibly well in so many areas. But still, after 70 years of independence, we are talking about this woman's safety. What does a woman want at the end of the day living in a country? They just want right to live, right 
to live in a world where they can say that I'm safe enough. And if a woman is going out on the street and she's not feeling safe, or you know, I have heard in my family, you know, if you are going out after 9 p.m., uh, you know, come before 9 p.m. because you are not safe. I heard this in my family, and you know, this is the this is not the story of my family, but this is the story of a lot of families. You know, thousands and thousands of families in South Asia who still feel that after 9 p.m., their if their wife or their daughter is not back, they're worried because they feel that you know what might happen to my daughter, what might happen to my wife if he's not back before 8 p.m. in the house. And you know. This is still the reality, you know, George. Uh, you know, just for your information, because Kumar is already from the same country. But you know, this is the thing that we still have in Sydney at the moment. The location we're talking about is still at a better situation than those countries are. Yeah. I look, um, I was over in um, Hong Kong and China about two or three years ago, and um we we with my agent in hong kong we went into china to do some some business there and whenever i go to other countries i always try to have a bit of a talk to the locals be it in the motel the the waitress the shopkeepers or whatever and one of the interesting things that i found was five years earlier when i'd been into china the attitude of the women to their own personal wealth had changed in that five years. There was there was a there was a stronger uh, identification of who they are and that they do have rights. And so, I think it's like anything. You want the change and you want it to happen fast, um, but. It, it takes a long time to get things to move. Yeah. Um, we're not dealing with speedboats. We're, we're dealing with aircraft carriers. They've got to come around slowly. And the, I think the fact that um, your, your topic is women's safety is a growing concern in Asia, in South Asia, is a good, is a good topic because... It's not necessarily that it's getting worse, but it is being more thought about. And as, as Kumar said, we have to make a change. The, the men have to make a change. Society has to make a change. And, and, and it's just, you just got to keep at it and keep at it. And, and um, your efforts, Kumar, in teaching um, women English and, and showing them, that starts to infiltrate back. And other women in that country start to find out that we can do this. There are opportunities. Why should it only be an opportunity in Australia? Why can't we make this happen in our own country? And so it, it's, it's, it filters back. But again, let me say that even though you're talking about South, South Asia, don't, don't think that Australia's got it perfectly right yet or, or, or America or England or, or New Zealand. We might be further down the track. But, but men in men in any Western country should not think that women have got anywhere near equality yet. There's a long way to go. Yeah, there is there is now a question for Kumar. You know, Kumar has uh, been similar to me. He has lived in both the countries, in India. He's also lived in Australia. 
So women's safety, as we have discussed, is still a major concern. What, according to you, will bring that cultural change? Because we're just saying that there might be cultural change we require. Sorry, I could not hear the question. There's a bit of a disturbance in the line. Could you please repeat? Let's see. So I'm talking about the cultural change. Yeah. So God just talked about this fact that change in the society can only happen when there is a cultural change things happen. Can you hear us, Kumar? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Cultural change, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think there is... Maybe step back a little bit from the mic, Sarab. There seems to be a lot of distortion. Okay. Yeah, so we can hear you. So change in culture, yes, yeah, sort of. So, yeah. So and... what is the change in culture? Uh, how do you think that change in culture can take place in South Asian countries? That was my main question. Yeah. Over to you. Change in culture, like, you know, to, to me, like, you know, how... If I'm understanding the question right, like, you know, my culture changed, like, you know, I was an Indian and now I'm an Australian, right? You know, so there's a huge difference in the culture. I mean, how I saw the women out there, you know, like women have to wear um, sari, you know, we call it pallu, you know, sari over their head, you know, just to show respect. And then after, you know, they got to cover their faces as well, you know, um, when they are, uh, you know, based on who they are seeing, etc., when it comes to Muslim women, you know, like some majority of time they cover their whole faces, right? You know, when they're out and about versus those women when they come over here, as I was talking to you earlier that, you know, like Afghani women, um, you know, those who are wearing the full burqa, you know, black ones, when they come up here, you know, there's freedom. They don't need to wear those things anymore. Um, they can talk to people. They can go to schools, you know, I mean, seriously. Um, you know, education is not um, allowed at in those countries versus, you know, here education is allowed, you know, like uh, um, revealing their hair and faces and all, you know, this is like such a freedom. I mean, um, I, I can imagine the joy, you know, like um, for those people, you know, like it's, it's like coming out of a slavery. It is pretty much slavery, you know, whether it's like Hindu people or the Muslim people, especially, you know, people from Afghanistan, etc. I mean, that that's huge. Um, even for even for an Indian Hindu boy, you know, like like myself and I, um, as I was growing up, you know, the things were rather traditional. It's, you know, boy, don't go out, you know, late at night. You know, you're not to go to a pub or something. You're not to eat beef, you know. You're not to eat uh, pork. And, you know, like you're not to. I mean, there are so many not to's versus, you know, okay, go ahead, you know, enjoy your life and, you know, go try. And, you know, what could go wrong? You know, like uh, cultures like that. So there is a huge difference between the culture things. I mean, I grew up in a middle-class family where there were so many not-tos, you know? It's like, okay, you're not to come home late at night, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, um, alcohol is not allowed. And, you know, so, so many other things and traditional things, you know? I mean, like beef, you can't eat that, all that. I mean, so huge things, you know, so many things we get to learn. Um, so much freedom we get to have. We talk logic. We don't talk tradition. We don't talk super superstitious things. And, you know, like, I mean, there, there's a huge difference. So after living in Australia for almost two decades, you know, all those barriers are gone for me. And I believe all the barriers are gone for the women also, those who have come to these cultures, um, adopted Australian culture or gone to any um, Western countries, you know, any any developed countries. Um, I think that's, you know, that's a huge shift in thinking. 
and uh, it really opens your mind. And I'm so glad to call Australia home now and, um, and surround myself with many other um, open-minded people. Um, I, I also have uh, mentors, you know, though I'm a mentor at UNSW and some other places, but I also have mentors, you know, some, um, some older people, you know, engineers, etc. Um, and, and I have been learning lots of things, you know, like, I mean, um, me, you know, upgrading myself, you know, learning different things, you know, I, I also learn, I have been learning every day, I have not stopped learning. So this is how you shift. And, um, yeah, no, a lot of thinking has, has moved. And, you know, I mean, our morning walks, you know, I do morning walks with Saurabh, you know, as often as I could um, on a weekly basis. And we talk about a lot of things. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing to come to a developed country and, and learn a lot of cultures. It's not just Australian culture. I mean, Australia people from, you know, different parts of the world, they come up here and they, they love to call Australia home. So, you know, I got to make friends from um, all over the world and, you know, people um, people talk about different things and it's amazing to befriend them and, and learn a lot of things versus, you know, what I could learn in India, which is kind of a monoculture. You know, not many people, you know, India itself is, you know, one billion plus um, population and, um, and, and not having... Um, great things to offer based on, you know, those kind of culture. Uh, we don't get to see a lot of people from overseas, you know, wanting to make Australia home, uh, make, sorry, make, make India home, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's kind of monoculture out there. So, huge difference. I hope I have answered the question. Yep, that was a very detailed answer. But I was also thinking in my mind that in addition to culture, what can be the changes done at the bureaucratic level? I guess um, there is some disturbance uh, when Kumar signs in with the mobile uh, because of which there might be some disturbance. So I'll mute you for a while, Kumar. Don't feel it as a disrespect. You know, I, I really respect you a lot. Uh, so um, at the bureaucratic level, I think that there can be some changes which can be done by those political leaders uh, and also the way they, they look at women. Sometimes we see that these bureaucratic leaders sitting at top positions in these countries are themselves not respecting women, are themselves mm -hmm. giving statements. So if you look at leaders uh, which are themselves giving those statements, how will the law and order be working with that kind of bureaucracy to impose a law which is for the safety of women? Obviously, they will, they will, they will find out some sort of loopholes in the system and the people or the criminals who are, you know, indulging themselves in any kind of crimes, they will always have contacts in the bureaucracy to get rid of uh, these kind of horrendous crimes, isn't it, George? Yeah, look, there's a certain part of this where you've got to have a generational change and it's got to work its way through. So if, if all the people that in the, in the 65 and 75-year age bracket grew up with this culture, You've got to wait for the, the, the generation and the next generation and the next generation to slowly move up and the others move on and away we go. Um, it was very interesting that Kamal was um, making the point about educating the people that come out here and, and him learning, um, 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 uh, uh, being educated in different cultures and different approaches. I'm not talking about education as in the three times table and all of that. When, when you were talking about that, Kamar, it reminded me uh, as a young child, I'm 65, and I was 
I was probably about 14 or 15, and I, my, my background is Greek heritage. And we were sitting, we were sitting in a, um, we were sitting in a lounge room of my uncle, well, actually my godfather and my godmother. We were there, and there was a bit of a hoo-ha going on about what the young girls, my sisters, were probably then 18, 19, and the teenagers were, were at that 18, 19 mark. And the, the parents and the grandma, um, uh, my nana, they were horrified at some of the goings-on that was going on with these young people and all of that. It didn't affect me because I wasn't old enough to be going out yet. My cousin, cousin George, who, who had not been in the country for that long, and he'd come over from Greece, and he said to my relatives, the older ones, he said, your problem is you've been in Australia for 40 years. Greece has changed. Greece has grown up. Greece is modern. Greece is educated. Greece is, and he started to talk about all these things. And what had happened was, if you could imagine, this generation, Sarab, had come to Australia and they still had the beliefs of when they left their homeland 30 years, 40 years earlier, right? And what George was saying, he brought the education. And as the, as the new Greek generation came in, it educated the local Greeks that were still living down here. Now, what Kamar was saying just made me think about that, Kamar, and maybe what we've got to see now is more uh, Asian ladies and women being educated outside of the country and going back into the country to modernise. So it's the reverse. Instead of to go back to say, listen, this, is, this isn't the way it goes. Um, we've, we've got to lift our game. We've got to do this. And so I think there's a mixture, Sarah. Um, the, and and a, lot of those, a lot of those people that, that you say are being disrespectful and all that, and I certainly would agree with you, but they've grown up. If they're 60, 70, 80 years of age now, that's what they grew up with. It's very hard to get them to change. So you've got to work on the your age, you know, the 20s and the 30-year-olds. That's where that's where we've got a chance of um, of, of re-educating. I hope everything is sorted out, Kumar. Just just testing if I have just uh, rebooted my computer. Is is it better? By the way, is there no yes. disturbance in the there is no yeah, disturbance. I think, I think that's sounding pretty good. I was getting worried before because I thought we were going to get to the stage where the Aussie was going to have to translate from what Sarab was saying to you. That could have been fun. I'm, I'm very glad it worked out. <laughs> okay, Anyways, so Kumar, any final comments from your side before we end today's podcast? Well, we have to... We have to keep on progressing, and um, and as I was saying earlier, that you know, men will have to open the doors, because sadly, a lot of men, you know, control freak men, you know, they are holding all these doors. They cannot hold it for too long. Unfortunately, they cannot hold it for too long. They yeah. better open now. They better open it sooner than later. You know, yeah. before it's too late. You know, open with grace rather than you know, um, them just taking over. You know, them saying, ah, oh, you know, good. You know, the whole communities, they just, you know, they just understand who's good, who's not, you know, 
what's the point of taking the seat on the table if you don't deserve it? Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's women or people of color, whoever, you know, let's talk about women. Um, you know, plenty of deserving women out there um, from color too, from, you know, like a background of color or, or any other. Um, yeah. those deserving. And on that note, I would like to give an example here is, you know, countries like Singapore, um, where all successful people, like, you know, the best doctor in town would become the health minister. You know, it's like no discrepancies in anything. You are the best in your profession. You go and hold the position, you know, in that, and you have all the ideas, you know, how to run that portfolio. And then there would be some people, you know, they would have some of the top advisors as well who would do the admin work for you. But, you know, you are the brand you know, you know, versus, you know, people who shuffle around in the ministries and they have no idea, you know, what to do. And, you know, they fail once, they fail twice. And, you know, this is what happens in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, governments. So, yeah, yeah I, I think deserving people should get a chance and, um, and we will have a much better society um, anywhere, including here in Australia. Uh, but but definitely out there in uh, Indian subcontinental countries. So, and and I think it's high time now um, for those things to happen. So yeah, let's see how things go. But um, Indian women have been very progressive. Um, Indian women have been you know like working really hard, uh, no matter where they come from. And and I see these beautiful stories from uh, from some of the poor people you know like who might be working as a laborer, but you know like they they take really pride into sending their daughters into even uh, you know at least government schools or so. And government schools are okay, you know. And if they are really hardworking, um, they can prepare for. I mean. Um, Amazing stories come out, like, you know, some people uh, become IES or IPS, so Indian Administrative Service. You know, it, these are some of the topmost um, ranking uh, rules that people can qualify for. And, you know, like then they become, um, you know, superintendent of police or deputy superintendent of police. or they become, you know, forest officers, you know, some very senior positions. And, and um, you know, people can come from uh, poor families or so. So, you know, like as long as people are working hard, they get there. And, yep. um, and 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 nobody has got the power to really stop them. So I would say, you know, I mean, just just keep doing what they are doing. And um, and I would, um, in time, you know, whatever I could do, um, you know, would, would keep on opening doors. I am also trying to get into the politics, you know, at, at a later stage. And um, and if I ever get in and, you know, climb the ladders, you know, my, my aim is to clean a lot of these things. And, you know, especially... Um, you know, uh, making legislations for women um, that would really open up doors for them and um, and empower them because, you know, there, there are so many hardworking women out there um, who need a seat on the table, you know, to make the societies and countries better. Yep, I agree. Sure, yeah. and that's what, uh, you know, people like Indra Nui, if you know, CEO of PepsiCo, and many more CEOs in India, outside India, have shown that if they are given the chance, if they are educated, if they are given a chance to go out and become independent, what change they can make to the society. And, you know, I, I just remember the statement last year after Kamala Harris became the vice president of United States. She said that I am not the last woman who is going to become the vice president. 
and she has kind of become the inspiration of so many women in united mm. states that she is not the last person to become she is not the last woman to become but she is just the first one and a lot of women are going to follow her footsteps and become inspired by her journey mm-hmm. and it's um, not just america it's around the world yes absolutely so i was just giving yeah. you an example for that yeah yes anyways i think this discussion can go on for a couple of hours but we will end this discussion for now and i hope that we were able to share some key insights with our audience in this podcast if you have got any other you know suggestions or feedback for any topic that you think we should be discussing about or if you also want to become a part of this feel free to let us know through linkedin or instagram through our pages or feel free to contact me or george personally we would be happy to you know inculcate those ideas into our podcast in the future thank you so much to everyone and thank you so much to kumar and george for joining us today